0: you had multiple turkeys. How many had more than one turkey? How many had more than two turkeys? How many had more than three turkeys? Anybody in the house? And, you know, I, I was sitting in the living room and heard my wife loudly proclaiming, Daniel! Yes, dear? Did you eat all this they just, Everything went blurry after that. Um, all I know is that pie, apple pie, I mean... What do you do with that? I mean, you don't walk by that. You eat that, you know? And, and one isn't going to do. No, 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 no. Maybe two won't do. It just depends. My mom used to make apple pie with shortbread crust. Let me tell you what. I'm Pretty sure I was in a coma after each piece. It was awesome. Real Thanksgiving is a choice. That's the title of my message today. Have you ever known anyone to be too thankful in our world today? How many went on Black Friday shopping? No. They're not thankful, are they? Oh, I'm so thankful for this line. Oh, I'm so thankful that it's hot in the store. Oh, I'm so thankful for the pushy lady beside me who pushed me over, or the lady who butt under me and then said, Oh, I'm sorry, were you here? (laughs) Actually, yes, I was. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know. People have been known to fall down in crowds all the time. You know, cannot say whether I did or did not have anything to do with it. I'm just saying that these things happen. If there's one thing that we need to be more mindful of, it is the issue of being and living a thankful life. You know, it's really a very simple concept. Being grateful slash thankful makes us content. When you're grateful and thankful, you become content. And that's a good kind of content. Not the kind that makes you spiritually lazy. It's the kind that makes you grateful for the things that God has given you. It makes you stop looking over your shoulder and at the person down the road that seems to have more than you or the family that has more than you or the thing that you seem to want that you can't have. Man, I've played that game where the world points its finger at that next thing that, I, that it knows I can't have. How many of you been there? Just me? Okay, two of us, four of us. How many of you have been guilty in the past of coveting? I'm not talking about your neighbor's wife. I'm talking about coveting something they had. You know, I, I mean, if, if you've got that going on, we, you need to just right away fall on your knees. But I'm talking about like you just, you know, you, want, you, you wanted their life. You wanted what they had. Because everything looks so easy for them. How many of you have ever fallen for that trap? Yeah. Being grateful protects us from dangerous sins like... I didn't know this. Being grateful is the repellent to greed. It's a repellent to lust. It's a repellent to envy. And I could think of others. Being thankful is a repellent to unthankfulness. Being thankful is a repellent to discontentment. Being thankful would change our nation overnight if everybody embraced it. Just imagine what our president would experience with 24 hours of thankfulness. Being grateful helps us meet the needs of others and not be self-absorbed. Being being thankful helps us to not be self-absorbed. Being grateful draws us closer in our relationship with Jesus. How many of us would like to have that as a bonus in our life? You know, some of the best Christians I've ever known don't have a whole lot. They've been through a whole lot. And yet, their thankfulness is right off the charts. You know, they've lost children. They've lost family. And yet, there's a gratefulness that wells up in their heart over everything that they've been through that God has been with them every step of the way. They walk in thankfulness. And one of the things I'm learning about thankfulness with each and every passing day, passing moment, passing year, is that thankfulness is a choice. It is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. You might say, no, it's not. No, it's not. You don't know what happened to me, friend. You don't know what happened to me. And I'm telling you it's a choice. Getting out of bed in the morning and being thankful you're still alive is a choice. And by the way, the opposite, despising your day of birth, despising your day of living is a sin. Despising your day of birth or your being alive is a sin. Because you're telling God he doesn't know what he's doing. And friends, he does. He does. God knows down to the very second how long you need to be around. He knows how many lives you need to touch. He knows how many people you need to interact with. He knows exactly when it's time. And when it's time, you're going to go. So instead of waving that moment into your life, be thankful for the ones you have now. Pastor, my life's so difficult. Choose to be thankful. My life is so hard. Choose to be thankful. You don't know. I'm in so much pain. Choose to be thankful. Friends, I've lived in pain too. Choosing to be thankful, choosing to be thankful, choosing to be thankful sometimes was all that got me through that. Now, I mean, I'm sure if you pulled my family, they would say at times, you know, it, it didn't look like that choosing part was working. Trust me, it could have looked a lot worse. But I was choosing with all that I had. And on some days you have more than you have on other days. I mean, you know what I'm saying? On that day, you choose to give God that 10. Perhaps the most important thing that we could teach each other about thankfulness is how we can make it a habit, a daily attitude for the rest of our lives. We would be so much happier, more safer, more productive, more spiritually mature. Those kinds of guaranteed benefits, man, they can't be found anywhere else. They just can't be. You know, I've known older folks. They had arthritis in both hips, both knees, both ankles. They had arthritis in their arthritis, and yet they were smiling all the time ear to ear. And I'd be like, how you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, and you could tell every step is pretty much killing them. I'm just thankful I'm alive. And then you see somebody else walking by. You know, you clearly they don't got nothing wrong at all. They got a bounce in their step. They're miserable beyond. You ask them how you're doing, they say they wish they were dead. This is I'm getting them being real today. And maybe that was you at one time. I know that when I was young and brash and kind of dumb, I said things like that. I wish I was dead. Great conversation. My dad was really good at having these conversations. he say things to me like, well, why would you wish you're dead? Because life stinks. Well, how do you know that death would be any better? Because at that time, I wasn't a believer in Christ. He's like, Dan, you're telling me you're not a believer in Christ, right? And I said, yeah, I'm just, whatever. <laughs> you know how awkward that gets, right? That conversation. He said, Well, if you were to die and I'm and I'm right, and you know, then I'm gonna let you know death really isn't gonna be a good thing for you. So you might want to choose to live until you get this other stuff figured out. He won those arguments a lot. We would be so much happier, safer, productive, and more spiritually mature. Workplaces and corporations now know and they are very aware of having a positive workplace. They talk about positive mindfulness. They talk about having quiet spaces. They, they spend money on these things because they know that a happier worker is a productive worker. Some of you are going, wait, my, my boss never got that memo. I Listen, <laughs> maybe yours hasn't, but there are places that have. And, and they understand the concept of helping people choose, choose to be happy, choose to be thankful thankfulness in all circumstances 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 to 19 rejoice sometimes always pray once in a while continually give thanks in some circumstances all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ do not quench the spirit When he talks here about quenching the Spirit, it's literally like dousing the fire of the Spirit in your life, like taking a bucket and putting it out. You want to put the the fire of the Spirit out? Stop rejoicing. Stop praying. Stop being thankful. And you will put the power of the Spirit right out of your life. You want to ignite the power of the Spirit in your life? Begin to rejoice. I don't have anything to rejoice for. I'll bet you there's not one person in this room we couldn't find something to rejoice over. And you might say, oh, I take that bet. Listen, I rejoice that you're here today. You don't know about my life and blah, blah, blah. Listen, I just rejoice that you're here. Because if you're here, that means God's still working on you. He still has a purpose. He still has a plan. When are we to rejoice? Always. When are we to pray? Continually, And we're only setting aside blocks of time because we recognize one of our core values is prayer. And other than those prayer texts that we send out, I wanted to make sure that we actually really were in fact praying. Otherwise, we don't have the right to put it out there or put it on our website. Or to have people come to our altars because I'm going to let you know as a pastor, after each and every time that we've had prayer, I've noticed two things. A bump in warfare, which we've talked a lot about, and, and a bump in God's presence. And We'll take both because they go hand in hand. Why do we have to rejoice all the time? Why should we be thankful all the time? Because it's God's will for us to live in this constant cycle. It brings thankfulness to our lives, possibly even perspective. You know, when David lost his son after he had committed sin with Bathsheba, he knew that his son was sick. He became gravely ill. And David knew that it was on him. And the Bible is very clear. David wept before God. He was down on his knees, down on the ground. He went hard after God. His servants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. David discerned from how they were acting that the child was dead. He said, is the child dead? He said, yes. Then let us go. And he got up and he cleaned himself up, and he went and he worshipped God. And his response was very interesting in that situation. His son could no longer come to him, but he boldly proclaimed, but one day I can go to him. Friends, I feel like I'm speaking to all kinds of issues this morning, but I'm going to let you know Christmas is one of those times of the year where people begin to mourn those who are not with us anymore, I want you to know you're going to see them again soon. You're going to see them again soon. And it would be such a crime, such a sin, if you wasted your life, the rest of your life, just grieving because they would want you to live. They would want you to embrace the life you have in front of you. Enduring love. In First Chronicles chapter 16, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. What has God's love had to endure in this world? Think about it. It's had to endure you and me. I don't know. I think sometimes I'm really easy to love. Other times, not so much. How many of you would agree that you're complicated? Your spouse is hitting you right now. It's probably a good sign that you should lift your hand. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. That's it. Hormones. Oh. I'm I'm not touching that one. How about our continual choices of sin over relationship? You see, if we live in the place of thanksgiving, I think we would choose sin less and relationship with God more. You see, all of us have that pet sin, that area that we're comfortable with. How about the fact that our God has enduring love for each of us no matter what we've done or how many times we've done it? It doesn't talk about just love. It is enduring love. It endures forever. It doesn't just endure circumstances. It endures eternity. That's strong enough to overcome your failures. I just talked to somebody this week and I said, you know, if you had your child, how many, how many times would you love your child if they failed you? Every time. Parents, right? Grandparents. When the grandbabies disappoint you, I mean, how many times are you going to love them? Every time. Now, if your love is flawed, and my love is flawed, but God's is not, how much more is He going to love us when we fail? It's us that rejects His love when we fail, because we know that that means coming to terms with we failed. That's a tough one, and that really means pride. In Luke chapter 17, there are 10 lepers, and leprosy was a death sentence, no question about it. In many parts of the world today, it still is. Now on His way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As He was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met Him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when He saw them, He said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. What? Now it took time, like three steps. But as they were walking, they got cleansed. They were healed. They were whole. When they, saw, when they saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. And he was a Samaritan. In other words, he was ignorant to faith. He was outside of, uh, of the tradition, the religious tradition that Jesus and the other nine were a part of. And yet, he understood thankfulness better than they did. Hear me when I say this today. The church of Jesus Christ needs to understand thankfulness a whole lot better than it does. And we need to be thankful for the grace that God has poured into our lives because, friends, there's a day coming when you're going to need to rely on that grace to just get you through the day. The Bible tells us there will be not just a trial, many trials, many tribulations of various kinds. It'll be God's grace that gets us through those times. It will be that grace compounded with our ability to walk in thankfulness to God. What did we see out of Paul after everything he went through? Incredible thankfulness to God. I mean, he'd been shipwrecked, bit by a viper, left for dead, stoned, beaten, whipped. You know, just just a few bad days. But he was thankful because he knew in him there was nothing. But he knew that in Christ was everything. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to go, return, and give praise to God except this foreigner? Now Jesus isn't trying to insult the Samaritan. He's speaking to the fact that the other one should have known better. Then He said to them, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Sometimes, if we're not careful, familiarity with the things of God can breed discontentment. And we forget to be thankful for the things that God does. Let me, let me throw a few things out. How many of you would say you've been healthy for a long time? Can I see your hand? Just throw it up there. You've been healthy for a long time. Can I be honest with you? You should be thankful every day your feet hit the floor. I hope you are. And many of you, I bet, I bet your bottom dollar you are because I could see it on your faces. Now, here's a flip. For many of you who have been sick for long periods of time, here's some medicine to try. Get out of bed and be thankful every day. Get out of bed and be thankful every day and see what the Lord will do. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our. And that begins with being thankful. When we're thankful, it triggers a bunch of things in our lives. It triggers a smile. Do you know it takes more energy to frown than it does to smile? Some of y'all Pentecostals in the room need to just kind of let your Jesus out and show me your teeth. (laughs) Nope, not going to do it, right? Nope. No, 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 no. It's true. I mean, I've seen people say, do you have the joy of the Lord? Yes. I'm full of the manifest presence of God. Do you have the joy of the Lord just kind of bubbling out of you? Can't you tell? I mean, I'm being facetious here a little bit, but not really. <laughs> not really. Really? The reality is there are always going to be people who are worse off than us and there are some that are sitting here this morning and they're in pain and they're like, when's the preacher going to be done? (laughs) There'll be joy when he's done. (laughs) And I'm mindful of that. So I speak longer. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Then he said to them, to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. I mean, Jesus is is just kind of mind-blown, but it's it's a symptom of the church that would repeat itself all through the history of the church to the modern day. Our lack of thankfulness. How many times has God done miracles in our lives? Literally, we should have a feast to remember the miracles God's done. In my last church, over one calendar year, I had my prayer guy who ran our prayer ministry track every single prayer need for one calendar year. And I had him mark down the answers to those prayers to follow up on every single one. That was his job for a year. And to find out whether they were healed or just went away or what happened. Do you know that we don't know just how many times God heals people? I was shocked. The number was like well over 200. 200 well over 200 people. Did I see people go, Woo! And you know, get, I, mean, I didn't see that happen even one time. But I'll say it now like I've always said it, healing is the absence of sickness. And God did so many different things. He came to me and He said, I'm so blown away. He said, I need to share this with the prayer team. Can I share this with them, what God has been doing? Because they need to know. <laughs> I said, let's be thankful for what God has done. Even when it's not enough, give thanks. John chapter 6, another of His disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy and five barley loaves and two small fish. But how how far will that go among so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. Like, Jesus just doesn't mess around. I mean, He he has an end goal in mind all the time. There was plenty of grass in the place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. And then He took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Notice He doesn't mention women or children there. So the number's probably closer to 10,000. And you know, He just basically takes these fragments and prays a blessing over them, breaks them up. And then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And He did the same with the fish. As much as they wanted. He was thankful to the Father for His ability to provide. Even Jesus exhibited thankfulness. And he modeled it to his disciples who, like you and me, did a miserable job of mirroring it back. Their first response is, this isn't going to work. The first row's going to get some good meat. Imagine the person, they get 5,000, they're going to get like a crumb. But that's not the God we serve, is it? It's not the God that put manna on the ground for Israel, is it? not the God that put meat on the ground for Israel, is it? No. It's the God that provided abundantly, above and beyond, all that we could have ever asked for or thought of. We serve such a big God. I'm almost done here. Just give me one minute. Even though, even when it's not enough, we can still be thankful because we always have Him. And He will always be Enough. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What? Give thanks in all circumstances. (laughs) Yes, in Walmart. God wants us to give thanks in all circumstances. And we may not like it. We may not be comfortable with it. The answer may not come yet. But we have to learn to give thanks in circumstances where the answer is not clearly mapped out for us. Have you been there? I mean, even us as a church, we're a lot like Israel. (laughs) We as a church body have to give thanks to God because we don't have it all figured out. We're figuring a lot of things out as we go, as we discover who we are, as we reach into our community, as we find out what the needs are, and then we get told what the needs are, and the needs are much bigger than what we have, we have to be thankful and just say lord we need your help that's when it gets really fun give thanks in all circumstances for this is god's will for you in christ jesus choice brings it psalm 118:24 this is the day the lord hath made we will rejoice and be glad in it it's another way of saying being thankful being thankful being thankful colossians 3:17 and whatever you do, everyone say whatever. Whether it's in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. No matter what we need, we need to be thankful. We just need to be thankful. I'm thankful that you know we got that new projector. It's up now. You might say, why wasn't it on? Well, because the pipe needs to move up about two feet that way. Because otherwise, right now, it would blind half the room. But I'm thankful it's up there. Because that was an answer to prayer. I'm not being silly. I'm thankful that our truck's here. It's got a bad boy spreader on it. I mean, big spreader. You can get all southern when you talk about a big spreader on it. It's the way the guys in my other church would talk. It'd be like, it's got a big spreader on it. got a big plow. Big tires, big got a big tire, dual exhaust, ten-cylinder big engine, room, room, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that would be an hour-long conversation. Very thankful, because last week it was seven of us in our shovels, and that storm that we were supposed to get, my family got. And so they were having to take my father-in-law into the hospital this morning in an ice storm. A bad one. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And I'm done. I'm going to have Pastor Nate come back, or Pastor Corey, or both of them, or one of them, or two of them. Your relationship with God can be completely destroyed by a lack of faithfulness on your and my part. Why? Simply because His love has had to endure our continual lack of gratefulness. You want to have a life that is full? Surround yourself with good people. Have a relationship with God every day. And be grateful for the first two. I'll say it again. Surround yourself with godly people. And spend time with God every day and be thankful for the first two. And you will be full. You know, there is nothing that you own this side of heaven that can bring one ounce, one ounce of fullness. Nothing. What matters most, we're all going to say, family, Right? The relationships that we have, right? The grandkids. The children. Parents. Sometimes we lose sight of our own relationships with each other because we put the kids first. That's wrong. Put your marriage first. So this morning, I want to ask the question in this season. How many of you would say, you know what? I want to practice thankfulness in this season. I want to practice being a thankful person. I just, I really want to work on it and I'd like, your, I'd like you to pray over me that God would help me to be mindful when I'm not. How many of you know that there are times when we're not? We're not thankful sometimes. Like, I always say this, but being in line anywhere, anywhere, especially Walmart, Okay. It's hard. We're not impatient patient people. We just don't do it very well. You know, when I'm in the Dairy Queen drive-thru, which never happens, why do I always get the person who has to order 19 meals in front of me? Why couldn't I have got the person, Pastor Corey, that ordered the single blizzard? It could be done in a few seconds and on their way. Bye. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I get the person who's feeding a football team. And, of course, they make your blizzard while they're making the 17 people's foods, and so then you get it. And what is it? It's no longer a blizzard. It's, it's milk. But I'm grateful. <laughs> I wanted to put a smile on your face as we close and make fun of myself a little bit. Because the reality is, we do get hung up on some things that are just so silly. And they just don't matter. It just don't matter. You know, each year our congregation goes through seasons where we lose people. This year we've lost some really familiar faces. And it's the first season of grief for some in this room. And I have a, That hasn't been lost on me. I'm thankful for you. And can we be thankful for them until they can be thankful for themselves? as they walk through this process. So how many would say, please pray for me one more time? Alright. Father, I thank You this morning. The Lord, for everybody who raised their hand that just said I just need to practice and be more mindful of thankfulness in this holiday season. I pray that You'd watch over each and every person. That God, we would know the blessings that come when we just are thankful for the things that we have. And that we're not striving for the things that we don't. That we would just hold on and enjoy the very presence of the many blessings that You put in our lives already. And Father, should You choose to bring more, we'll be thankful for that. Should You choose to remove some, help us to be thankful for those. We're thankful for the breath in our lungs. We're thankful, Father, for another day on the calendar. Forgive us, God, for the times when we haven't been thankful for those things. Because You have a plan for our lives. And each and every day, each and every minute, each and every hour, each and every second matters. So Father, bless each person that raised their hand today as they go in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. God bless you as you travel today or go home or whatever you do, just be safe. Amen.